You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. episode is a fun one. It's with Amanda of Line and Cleat, who you may remember we collaborated on a Preppy Podcast Tumblr that you can shop actually at thepreppypodcast.com and so much other fun merchandise. Um, so pour yourself a cup of coffee into your Preppy Podcast Tumblr and let's hear Amanda's story. All right. So tell everyone who you are, what you do, and where you live. So I am Amanda Haran. I am the owner of Lining Cleats, and I currently live in a suburb of Chicago called Glen Ellen. Awesome. Um, so you're in cold weather land like I am. <laughs> yes. Yes. Our uh, winters come really fast here. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And we haven't had a lot of snow this year here in Pennsylvania, but it's been like very cold. <laughs> We finally have all of our snow. It missed Christmas, but now we're in for the long haul. So you just kind of ride the wave when you live in the Midwest. Exactly. So now, did you grow up there? Where did you grow up and sort of what was your childhood like? Yeah. So I actually grew up, um, well, I was born in upstate New York along the Hudson River in this tiny little town called Highland. So if you've ever been up there when apple picking, it's usually kind of where I'm from. Um, But so growing up there until about fifth grade, we, if we ever went on a family vacation, it was always like Connecticut or New Jersey. And so I got the opportunity to see a lot of like great little ocean towns, which I fell in love with their unique charm. And I just remember that so vividly from my childhood. And then um, we moved to the Chicago suburbs when I was in like fourth, fifth grade and such a weird time to move, right? You're (laughs) trying to figure it out as you think you're like a teenager, but you're not whatsoever. Um, And so when I moved, we kind of, you know, not that we didn't go on family vacations, but we started to go, if we went anywhere, it was like to California or something. So I always remembered that East Coast feel. Mm-hmm. But like quickly realized being in the Midwest, it wasn't as common out here. Um, and so I was going through my own, you know, trying to find my path. I had done a lot of dance when I lived in New York. And um, so when I moved to Illinois, I had no friends. <laughs> and I had, I, you know, I didn't really know what I was going to do. So my mom, funny enough, um, went and signed me up for cheerleading by herself because I was totally <laughs> scared to do it, um, which is so unlike my personality now, (laughs) right? Um, But it was great because it broke me out of my comfort zone. And I just felt like even moving to Illinois, the whole suburbia was new for me. Like I came from a rural area in New York and and when you live in the East Coast, it's kind of like rural or more city. And so having that whole suburban lifestyle was completely new to me. Um, But I ended up really assimilating and and enjoying it, making a lot of friends. And uh, really cheerleading was kind of my main activity throughout growing up. that and my first job at Pure One Imports, which I oh loved. Yes, I know. They're online now, but way back when, they had all of their stores not too long ago. Yeah. Um, and that's really where I fell in love with like home decor. Um, okay. 
And so that's kind of where I spent a lot of my time. Like just, I remember growing up, like while I was working, I would daydream about how I would style different things. Um, And I was always a creative person. I Uh always liked art, um, but really kind of having that experience and, you know, moving made me outgoing and getting my new job and pushing myself. Um, And so I really became interested in home decor and always pulled back to those kind of East Coast roots. And it's a huge aspect of, you know, my creativity, my daily life today. So yeah, that's a little bit about my background. That's awesome. So now where did you study um, and what did you study in school? Did you stick there in the Midwest or what'd you end up doing? Yeah. So, um, so I stayed in the Midwest. I ended up going to Illinois State University in um, Bloomington, normal Illinois, which is a little bit more South. Um, I guess people kind of consider it like Southern Illinois if you live around here. Um, and so I originally wanted to go into something creative when I started college and I wanted to be an art teacher. That was really what I thought was going to be, you know, my path. Um, graduated. And I think throughout my whole college career, like many people, I just always sort of felt lost. Like I wasn't sure what it was that I wanted to do. I dabbled in some, you know, public relation classes, wanting to get involved in that. And then I actually ended up landing my major in business um, with an emphasis in human resource management, which is funny because I think at face value, a lot of people think, well, that's not really creative at all. (laughs) But, um, you, you know, you have to kind of pull from all these different facets of yourself, um, when working in that field. And that was a career that my mom had throughout my whole life. Um, and so during my college years, when I was like everyone else, just trying to figure it out, I kind of landed on a mix of that business, uh, plus that people skills for me, you know, I'm a very social person. And so that's sort of was a good marriage of everything that I could bring to the table. Um, but I think deep down, I always just wanted to do my own thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think when you're in college, you feel that you have to sort of pick something or pick something that's a great avenue for you. And, I'm sure I speak for so many people listening that where you end up isn't necessarily what you originally planned on. Um, mm-hmm. So it's always an interesting path, but but a good one. It's it's led me to so many new things. Definitely. So now, what was your first career then um, after you yeah. studied business? <laughs> yeah. So I totally was one of those people that you know, I think had a daydream of this chic, fabulous, you know, career, power suits, all of that upon graduation. Um, (laughs) You know, I think we all dream that way. And um, I ended up landing my first job uh, pretty quickly after graduation, like I want to say a week or two after graduation, Um, which I think in that moment, you're kind of just either you're graduating with a job or you're just ready to be offered that job yes. when you're, you know, when you're moving back into your parents' house and you're feeling like an adult. Um, and so I ended up kind of falling into a role in uh, campus recruitment uh, for entry-level sales and engineering roles, which kind of not anything that I expected. Um, I worked in like the industrial industry um, and I was traveling around to different college campuses doing the career fairs that we, you know, most of us have probably attended at some point, um, introducing ourselves and really looking for people uh, with sales roles or technical engineering roles. Um, 
So definitely different than what I had thought that I was going to be doing. Um, But when I look at, you know, when I look back on everything that I've done, that first initial role, which was based in Illinois, uh, eventually led me to a job uh, based in Charleston, South Carolina, which, yeah, which I feel really was just kind of the, that pivot, you know, that turning point, I think everyone ends up having at some point, um, And so I was, you know, asked to join uh, this company in Charleston, South Carolina to really sort of head up their college recruitment efforts. And the best part of it all was it was mainly in the Southeast. So I got the chance to, you know, be in Charleston, um, but also visit Georgia and Alabama and all of these um, different areas where kind of opened my eyes to that preppy lifestyle. And Um, I fell in love with Charleston and just a Southern culture and the preppy style. And it was the first time I think in a while that connected my childhood of seeing those little ocean towns, seeing, you know, that type of way of life, um, more bright colors, nautical feel. And it kind of all came together for me, which was, which was great. And, uh, I ended up moving back to Chicago, um, downtown Chicago, just because I traveled so much for work. And it was really hard to live on one side of the country when I had to go kind of everywhere. Um, And so being from the middle, the company I had worked for said, you know what, Uh, you're going to go back there because it's a lot easier for you to get where you need to be. (laughs) Um, But I ended up, you know, meeting two of my now best friends from Charleston. um, And one of which introduced me to my husband when, you know, and I met him when I moved back to Chicago and then we kind of connected. I was, I was this Midwest girl coming back with this new, you know, Southern personality, if you will. (laughs) And, um, and so it was great to meet him because then I learned, you know, he had some similar interests, um, you know, as me. And it was, it was kind of hard to find that. So it really, um, it was a cornerstone for me. I had started a fashion blog while I lived in Charleston. Yeah. Um, I had known zero, no one, uh, in the whole state of South Carolina when I moved, it was certainly a leap of faith. And so that was kind of my mechanism to, you know, blogging was, it was 2013. So blogging was kind of becoming a little bit popular. And um, I figured, oh, well, this is a great way to be creative. And I actually met some great people from it. And um, it was really fun. It was, it was a whole new chapter for me being a single girl living in a state she doesn't know anyone. So um, yeah, but I will be forever grateful. And, and so now when I kind of look back on my education and my career, even though I think at face value, it doesn't connect, it, it really was sort of that interesting path. So very grateful for it. Yeah. No, that sounds amazing. So did, was this then your final career until you launched Line and Cleat or was there another job in between too? No. Yeah. So this, um, HR is kind of, I think will always be somewhat of my professional, uh, you know, corporate life, I think. And and so that was the last chapter for me really before um, taking the plunge. You know, my husband and I always tossed around the idea of starting something, starting a business. Um, but I think we're just scared, you know, yeah. and, and we both had our corporate jobs and, um, and it was like, well, why would we jump off a bridge and try this? And so, um, so yeah, that was the final stop on my, um, my career path that led me to now, you know, owning Line and Cleat and, and focusing on that. Amazing. Yeah. So now let's talk about Line and Cleat a little bit. So what was the inspiration for this and 
how did you decide to start this business? I mean, it sounds like kind of on these travels for work, you were sort of gaining a little bit of inspiration. But what was really the moment that was like, you know what, I have this great idea? Yeah. Uh, so Lining Cleat actually was born out of um, a brick and mortar store that my husband Colin and I opened in 2019. Oh. Um, and we unfortunately lost the the store due to 2020 impact of COVID. We were, um, you know, one of the newer guys. So I think it kind of hit us a little bit harder in the sense that we were, you know, working towards building the business and then obviously this huge setback. Um, But our store was in the town that we live in, in Glen Ellen. It was called Shaker Siding. So it was a little play on like a home in Nantucket. Um, Mm -hmm. And the goal was really to bring that preppy style of the South and the East Coast to the Midwest. So I would say it's a style that isn't the most common in the Midwest, right? You're not seeing it around every corner like you might be in different locations, but it's definitely something that is valued and loved with people who resonate with it. Um, I would have so many people come into the store and say, oh, this reminds me of a shop in Connecticut or you know, a shop in Florida that I've been in, um, which was always a great compliment to me. So about eight months into owning the shop, Uh, Colin and I started kind of revisiting our own design ideas. You know, we always, um, we've, we've had so many different ideas and done so many different things. And um, I think we always wanted to carry a line in the shop that, you know, we created, but also as a compliment to the other items we offered. Um, And so we, you know, really started to kind of focus, okay, how can we how can we thread that preppy style into every facet of your daily life, right? Bring some style to what otherwise might be a mundane item or something that's like more general overlooked. Um, and not everything that we were seeing in the market always had that polished preppy look. You know, you could bring and live that style, I think, very easily through your clothing and through some bigger pieces in your home. Um, but it was hard. We were struggling finding just small little things that really kind of express that. And so we first started uh, lining cleat by offering candles and wine totes that were sold in our store. Um, And so we introduced the line and we gave it its own personality because we wanted it to be something that sort of stood on its own since we were carrying some great brands in the shop um, at the time. We wanted it to have its own personality. And then, you know, once we realized that we had to be nimble with the business and transition to being online only, um, we just made the business decision to solely focus on lining cleat and turn it into, you know, what you see today. And so we really dove in with both feet and just um, rebranded ourselves from the storefront to um, lining cleat overall. So Amazing. I love that. A lot of pivoting, but that's kind of, you know, so important in business. Oh, absolutely. And and I think too, just being open to being nimble, you know, it's sometimes with business, you have an idea of what your past is going to look like and then being able to change that is super important. So definitely. So how would you describe the brand Line and Cleat then to someone who hasn't heard of it before? Yeah. So I would say uh, Line and Cleat focuses on what we like to call classic social accessories. So mm-hmm. a lot of times when people think of um, accessories, right, you're kind of your mind goes to, you know, a bag or a belt or a hat or something that you're wearing personally. Um, and so what we mean by that is having items that you entertain with, go out and about with, or display in your home that complement that polished yet whimsical aesthetic. So not only are you wearing it, but you're, you know, you're living it too. And so um, we love bringing that into 
mundane things like candles or wine totes or, you know, cutting boards. Um, and so through that, we're able to really thread that lifestyle and it allows our customers to showcase their style through these fun prints on items that, you know, aren't just on your person, right? We want um, our customers to have the same compliment on their lining cleat tumbler as they're getting on their sales to sable top. So it's a new way to, to really express and, and kind of gift your style and, and live, live the life from, you know, morning through night and everything in between. (laughs) I love that. That's like, so me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So how did you decide what products, um, you wanted to launch with and, you know, what sort of prints, how did, what's your process in designing? Yeah, well, I think in anything, and and this kind of goes back to, um, you know, if we want to go way back, it's just always generating different ideas and gaining different, inspiration from like everywhere you go. So when we were thinking about products to offer, um, we really wanted to focus on, you know, the uniqueness and the function of each product, right? Like what, what would make this different, right? If, if, are we considering this to be a good gift? Would it be something that might catch others' eyes? Something that's different enough? You know, we want people to to feel the need to to ask, where did you where did you get that? That is so cute. You know, I haven't seen that before. Um, and so we really started uh, our launch with main products that made great gifts, but also kind of set you apart, right? If you're going to a picnic with friends and you're bringing your wine in a wine tote versus maybe, you know, a grocery store bag. Um, (laughs) It's kind of like that different, that different aspect to it. Right. So um, that's really, you know, what we wanted to focus on and things that might be ignored normally. um, How can we kind of strive for that wow factor and you really kind of take your style and and hand it off to someone else. So um, I think that that's something that preppy lifestyle is, is pretty, important on, you know, when you, when you think of your, you, Patricia, or me or something, you can kind of get a sense of like your style immediately. And, um, and so when you're giving gifts, I'm sure your friends, cause my friends always tease me, like they know it's going to have 10 ribbons on it <laughs> and they know it's going to have a gift tag and, and all of those sort of extra, you know, special things. And I feel like that's such a part of living that preppy lifestyle. Um, so all of our prints are actually created by my husband and myself, which a lot of people don't know. Yeah. And we are completely self-taught. We are not graphic designers or anything like that. Um, yeah. Which a lot of people are like, really? Yeah. Yeah. So just a lot of research. (laughs) Um, but we, you know, we, the way that we decide on new prints is we want to make sure that it kind of feels cohesive and, you know, it's, um, it might be reminiscent of like a classic design or a destination that we love. So we pull so much inspiration from places that we've been. Like, you know, when I think of, um, like our bamboo print that takes me back to a weekend that we spent in Palm beach and just like loving that, you know, that is like the moniker in so many ways of that area or, um, you know, our gingham or our plaids, that classic clothing items that you could, gosh, you could have in your closet for 10 years and they never go out of style. Right. Um, 
So it's, you know, we have our prints done months in advance. I feel like we stare at them for a really long time before, <laughs> you know, we feel that um, it's something that we resonate with and, and kind of having that artistic control, you know, allows us the freedom to develop new ideas or collaborations like with the Preppy Podcast, Tumblr. Yes. And, um, you know, and not only are you listening to Preppy, but you're probably wearing Preppy and now you're drinking Preppy, which is, <laughs> which is really, you know, the best kind of life that we want to live. That's sort of what we are always striving for and what we're always thinking about. So um, we love that idea. You know, I feel like we're always just kind of daydreaming <laughs> and, and wanting to to live life on the water and, and feel good and feel like we're kind of always entertaining even when we're not. So that's I love that. Enjoy doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like me. Like, Will always makes fun of me because I'll set like a full table for dinner, just the two of us. Yeah. I'm like, no, like I so enjoy that. And I feel like, you know, you have to make the most out of little moments, especially in today's times when we're stuck at home so much. So I oh, think, yeah. you know, that mantra is so good. I, I think it is too. And it's it's such a, a thing that moves across, you know, all individuals, right? Even if maybe you don't necessarily resonate with my specific personal style, I think bringing that little extra something to something that otherwise might be mundane um, is really just so enjoyable, especially in these times. Like you said, you know, we've spent so much time at home. Why not set the table with napkins, napkin rings, place cards even, you know? <laughs> Exactly. So you have these wonderful products now. How have you been getting the word out? Like what have been some of your marketing tools and strategies? Yeah, so I definitely would say having the brick and mortar um, store helped us a lot with our local market and just, you know, kind of having our customer base and people who were familiar with us and started to, you know, buy our stuff as a go to gift. Um, and then we really worked with bloggers coast to coast, um, especially like yourself, Patricia, too, you know, to help not only introduce us to their audiences, but also, you know, their audiences to us. I mean, I feel like I've learned so many new things and, and so many new people in this preppy space uh, that we resonate with. So we've really just tried to focus on, you know, who is kind of speaking our same language in terms of having these little extras in their day to day. Um, we still have such a long way to go with sharing, you know, lining cleat with the world, um, but we're working every day identifying different stores that we might be a good fit to be um, carried in or mailing out information to our customers, um, identifying new publications even that kind of speak to this, you know, niche market um, and interest. And so we love engaging with people, uh, even through like our social channels that just have the preppy style um, and, and meeting them in a way. I know now it's it's kind of like you're virtually meeting everyone all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, great for a business because you're always trying to, to meet people virtually, I feel like, but, um, it's really just taking the time and sort of diving into your audience because yeah. when you're running a business, most times you're also your own customer. So you might, you know, know of a couple stores or things that you're shopping and, and doing in your own day-to-day -day life. Um, mm -hmm. but we've just done, so much research on, you know, conferences that are going on and what are people talking about in this space? What are they looking for? And who's the ones that are talking, you know? And I think we have so much opportunity um, to still get the word out and introduce ourselves to people. But I 
feel confident that when we do get that chance to introduce ourselves, we we usually find that commonality and kind of have that appreciation, which is wonderful to me as a, especially running a business by yourself. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, where are my friends? I have no, co- <laughs> I have no coworkers besides my husband. Right. Um, and so those communities have become so vital to us and yeah. um, it's been great. And even just, you know, learning from your podcast too, I'm a oh. listener as well. I just knowing the background of these brands and businesses that I've seen as a consumer has been yeah. really interesting um, and just strategies that they've used too. Oh, I'm so glad. I love to hear that always. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super fun. So backing up a little bit, um, I want to talk to you about the challenges that you faced in business. And I'm sure one of those was closing your brick and mortar. And I feel like a lot of people resonate with that right now. I have some listeners that have stores um, or had to close. So would you mind talking a little bit about that? Like, And then maybe some other challenges that you faced? Yeah, um, I think you know, talking about the challenges is just as important as really talking about your goals and things like that. And you hit the nail on the head for sure with owning the business um, and working to get off the ground is really probably one of the, I think the biggest challenges that you, you hit, right? You feel like everywhere you turn is a roadblock or there's a new rule and regulation and then couple that with, oh, now you have to pivot away from the brick and mortar um, and reintroduce yourself and kind of re-educate um, was certainly the biggest challenge. You know, we, although being around uh, about only a year in town, I was really proud of the community and the audience that we had built with Shaker Siding. Um, and so it was a very hard decision to transition and decide that, okay, we're going to focus on what we're creating and we're going to you know, stick our neck out there and really hope that people like this just as much as they liked the store. Um, And it was a lot of re-education. And I think that that's kind of so necessary, but also the hardest thing that you're ever going to do, right? It's, it's repeating your name and people are, what, what does that mean? Or why? Or, you know, I thought you were this. Um, And so it's kind of very vulnerable, I think, when we had to, you know, I I always say the day that I posted that we were going to shut down the store was the hardest day in business I've ever had because not only is it something that you work so hard for, but it's, it's a sense of failure, you know, even though that there were so many obstacles that business professionals or, you know, creative people are facing right now, um, that it was like, oh, don't worry, you know, this isn't your fault, you know, in a lot of ways. But mm-hmm. I think when you put your heart and soul into anything, you um, you can't help but just <laughs> just take it so personally when you That's have to make sure. a decision like that, you know. And and we had the business, like I said, for over a year, and we were still going through so many of those um, growing pains. You know, we were still we had renovated the space when we got the the store. We had um, we were an unknown store, so if those of you that are thinking of opening a store or anything like that, when you're approaching these brands to, to carry, they're like, well, who are you? And, and where are you located? And you have no, um, you know, you have no reputation, if you will. And so that's a huge hurdle. And so introducing yourself to uh, those types of brands and having them trust you with carrying their items, you know, we were kind of in the midst of all that. So that was definitely a big challenge. Um, And then I think when you make that transition from a brick and mortar to an online, you're 
losing in so many senses at face-to-face, right? You're losing that reactive um, ability that you had in your business to wait for the door to open or have someone come in who maybe just needs a gift. You're kind of, it's more of a push factor than a pull factor, right? So Mm -hmm. when um, I remember, you know, kind of the wake-up call that I got when we were 100% online, I was like, okay, people aren't going to just come to chat with me now. Yes. (laughs) Now what do I do, right? Um, And so I think that was a big reason, too, why we chose to focus online and click kind of as a fresh start. Um, And, you know, I think lick our wounds a little bit from what happened in 2020 and and turn over a new leaf. But it it allowed us to, even though there was confusion for people that were familiar with the store, it allowed us to start with a clean slate for those that were not. So um, it helped us, you know, introduce ourselves as this brand and kind of make a lot of sense. And this is what we do. This is what we focus on. Um, But it certainly isn't, it wasn't easy, still isn't easy. Um, But it's something that, you know, I think I feel a lot better about now than I did when we were going through it and we were in the thick of it. So for anyone listening, if you scroll all the way down on our Instagram (laughs) feed, you can uh, get a taste for what the store was like. It was absolutely beautiful. One of my most favorite places to be. And um, it will forever be a great accomplishment. And I think, you know, the the thing that led to to what Lion and Cleat is and kind of allowed it to, to grow and be. So certainly. I mean, I think there's so much to learn from that. And I also think, though, you know, like you said, looking at the positives of it, like, I don't think I would have found you guys had you just had your brick and mortar store, you know? Right. So yeah. there's so many things like that, like you're reaching a broader audience. Um, I'm right. sure there's many others. So exactly. what have been some of your favorite parts then about, you know, owning Line and Cleat and creating? Like what, what's your favorite thing? What do you really enjoy about what you do? Yeah, I think I've come to the realization that just enjoying each little win and celebrating moving that needle every day, even truthfully, even if it's like by a single order or like a, a, or like an Instagram follower, you know, um, I know that kind of like sounds silly, but it, uh, it's, you know, knowing that someone else that maybe you don't know has now seen something that you're creating is, just such a win. And like every time that we finish a pattern or Colin and I feel, oh my gosh, I thought about this, or wouldn't it be cool if we looked like that? I think that we used to kind of look at those little things as just, okay, this is the day to day. This is what business is about. But really having this whole transition and going through all those challenges has made us take a step back and say, wait, let's celebrate this. You know, let's celebrate yeah. someone who wasn't familiar with us that now has chosen to kind of join join the club and, and you know, and be a part of this. Um, and I think having that realization and enjoying the thrill of business versus seeing it as got to get this done, got to get that done, right? Or nothing happened today. What does that mean? Um, has really started to help me push the growth over a short time and, and evaluate and, and see the progress. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's really easy when you're owning a business to um, feel like you're doing a lot of this for like no one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so each little win kind of gets me excited for that next one and then pushes me to keep working for that big win one day, right? Or that yeah. time. I mean, I think a lot of people... Uh, always ask me or like a lot of my friends will ask me like when do you think you're gonna feel like you've you know made it or you've done it and I don't know if I don't know if you can ever really pinpoint that because 
there's always something else to be exactly. done. <laughs> and as you grow, then there's more and more that you want to accomplish and that seems, you know, reachable. So I, I totally get that. It is hard to. It, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so hard. And I think that, you know, when um, it's kind of like sometimes when you buy that item for your closet that you've been pining after and you wear it and you're like, I felt great in that moment, but now what's the next thing I want? You yes. know, and so um, I, I think that really just enjoying um, and meeting people, meeting people has been so enjoyable, and just getting to know. I feel like, like I feel like I have a friendship with you, you know, and we've talked over the phone, and and I think that that's so interesting, um, and just appreciating that has become something that I really enjoy, and I try to you know do a little happy dance every time something <laughs> something good happens, no you know no matter if it's big or small. So that's a perfect answer. Um, <laughs> So speaking of customers then, who would be your dream person to shop, line, and create or have some of your products? Like a celebrity or a blogger or a royal? Like who would be your dream? Oh, gosh. Well, I have so many. And I know a lot of people um, on the podcast have said like Reese Witherspoon. Obviously, (laughs) yes. Reese, if you you are ever listening and you want something from Line and Clean, call me. I will send you whatever you want. Um, But honestly, if I had to, I'm going to really reach for the stars on this one because – to me, if one day Kate Middleton had her morning coffee in a line and clean tumbler, I would, that would be it. I would be, okay. I would be forever the happiest person. I mean, she just is the epitome of like effortless class to me. And like, she's one of those people where, you know, you look at a picture of her now and you look at it 30 years from now and she probably will look just as chic as she did (laughs) like today. So if I really had to just pick one person and I, I always think about this, you know, my husband and I always talk about this and I feel like he totally has a crush on Kate Middleton and her and I share a, <laughs> share a birthday. So I feel oh. like, yeah, like I'm, you know, maybe Wait, so just, you're a Capricorn too then. Yeah. So I'm January 9th. Yes. I'm January 17th. Oh my gosh. Well, there yeah. you go. And Kate Middleton <laughs> is January 9th. So we're in great yes. company. <laughs> well, I knew she was a Capricorn. I love Kate Middleton too. So when I found out she was a Capricorn, you know, years ago, I was like, oh, oh perfect. I, and now you have I, it even I, better. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I know. And I feel like when you're when you're a Capricorn and you find out someone else is a Capricorn, you're like, oh my gosh, we have so much in common. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it like makes sense. It makes sense why I like you. You're a Capricorn. Yes, exactly. Oh my yeah. gosh. No, she would be a great person um, yeah. to have her morning coffee and her line and cleat tumbler. Mm-hmm. I think she would look great in it. I really do. <laughs> Definitely. And I'm sure you'd be willing to collab if she wanted to do a special oh. like family tartan or something. Yeah, I could, I could get behind that. No problem. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, okay. So now I have some like, you know, shorter, quick answer questions here. Okay. So my first one is what's a tool that you use for either business or organization, like something that helps you with your business or life? Oh gosh, there, I feel like there's so many. Um, I would say something that I would recommend to anyone is like researching free resources, especially when you're starting out, um, you know, not socking a bunch of money into too many things or like classes or, and certain things are definitely worth it. But something that we, um, my husband and I call in like go to a lot is just research or watch like tons of YouTubes on like a new digital skill. Or for me, it's a lot of times it's like hand drawing or hand lettering. Um, and I've taken classes as well, but it's super helpful. I think when you have an idea and you're not exactly sure how to execute it, uh, sometimes there's a lot of great information out there, um, that can help you kind of 
test yourself and learn new skills, um, which I think is super important because it can be overwhelming when you want all these tools and all of them might have like a cost to them or a huge time commitment or something like that. And it can kind of like hold you back for no reason. So utilizing and and just leveraging different communities um, that have information out there, I think is super important. And like when I think about this too, um, Canva comes to mind because okay. they have, you know, they have like a, a free, you know, tons of different things that you can use for free. And I remember when I had the store, um, I would always make signs or sales signs or things like that, that looked probably way more polished than, you know, they were in terms of in the effort and, and being able to download something and, and, you know, stories for Instagram or things like that. Um, obviously they don't work for like our prints and stuff like that, but I think those little extras that you can add um, to sort of your overall toolkit. And if you can do it in like a savvy way, it is so important. And it kind of brings you looking a little bit more put together, even if you're just trying to navigate, right? So um, and not having a cost associated with like something like that is so great when you're doing business. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, So how would you describe preppy? We kind of talked about this all throughout the podcast, but if you had to sum it up to a sentence. Yeah. Um, I would say one sentence preppy to me is definitely timeless. It's, you know, it's choosing pieces intentionally and not just because of a trend, which I think is super important. Like I love the fact, I feel like preppy has such a sense of tradition and history to it, um, which I really value like things that maybe have been passed down throughout a family. Like I think back, um, you know, we have a few pieces in our house that are from my husband's grandmother and they're monogrammed um, with her monogram. But the funny thing is they're so chic and the monogram is still totally current, you know, and they're from um, when, gosh, when my mother-in-law was, you know, a child and my kids are going to get to grow up with that. And I think that that is such a cool aspect to the preppy lifestyle um, and having that kind of classic timeless feel to anything to me totally that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's really cool that you have those pieces that's so yeah. special yes, um, totally so now this question everyone says is like choosing your kid but what's your favorite product on your site right now oh, or like what oh product gosh. do you use the most of yours Oh, Patricia, this is a hard one. <laughs> um, I, well, okay. Considering I'm still burning our New England pine candle well after the holidays, I will go with that one for the moment. Um, it is just one of my favorite scents. And like we did a pop-up shop over um, the holidays locally in the Chicago area. And people were like, holy moly, don't ever stop making this candle. Like this, it, and it's just like such oh. a fan favorite. Yeah, it's so great. And I love it. And I will probably burn it probably into spring. Um, but if I, if I wasn't picking something seasonal, um, I would say I've really become a fan of our bar boards and I know that you have a few of them too. Um, but I love the idea of like the patterns kind of showing through, you know, even if it's set for like a cocktail or appetizers, it's just sort of that little eye catching thing. Um, and really my most, most favorite is the preppy podcast tumbler. Ah, yes, exactly. Coffee tastes way better in the preppy podcast tumbler. For sure. Yeah. Um, So actually going off of that then, what is your go-to drink? Like what's always in your tumbler if it's, you know, coffee or tea or whatever, or, um, Or, you know, even a cocktail. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, 
I would say, okay, waking up, definitely coffee. We, um, we got like, we joined the Nespresso train pretty late in life. Um, I feel, but we have that now. Um, so that is, I just not to go off on a tangent, but I had my coffee in our holiday plaid tumbler, like all December. And I swear, I just, I felt like I was just in a Vermont cabin, you know, just celebrating the holidays. So morning and majority of the day coffee for sure. Um, but I would say cocktail time. My favorite is a spicy grapefruit margarita. Have you ever had one of those? No, but that sounds delicious. Okay. I will have to send you the recipe. We, we discovered, um, and I've had spicy margaritas and things before, but we discovered this grapefruit one, uh, during the quarantine. I don't know if everybody has their favorite quarantine cocktail because I feel like that also became a thing. Um, But it is so good. It's like a balance of tart, sweet, and spicy. So I would say come, you know, five o'clock, that's definitely a go-to for sure for me. Yeah, you'll have to send me that. That sounds really good. I will. Um, What's the last thing you've either read or listened to or watched? Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm always trying to have a book going. So that is a commitment that I try to, to make. I'm currently actually reading my way through a springboard prayer journal, which I have been really enjoying. Um, it's the first time I've ever done anything like that. Um, but I really like that. And then in terms of fiction, I most recently read The Wife Stalker by Liv Constantine. Um, so they are actually dual authors um, whose pen name is Liv Constantine. And I love reading like twisting thrillers. I just always like have to figure out like what happened, you know? And yeah. And I love books where at the end, I'm like, what? I did not see that coming. (laughs) Um, And so they also wrote uh, The Last Mrs. Parrish, which is one of my favorites. Um, So if anybody out there is looking for a good page turner, that's a great author to to check out. But yeah, there's always a book on my nightstand. So that was my most recent. (laughs) That's really fun. I'll have to check those out. Um, Yes. I do love reading a book whenever I whenever I can squeeze them in. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's one of those things where you have the best intentions, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so then, one of my other questions I have is, what are some of your other favorite small businesses that you love to support? Like, give someone a shout out. Yeah, um, can I give a few shout outs? Because like, of course, they're yeah. like flooding to me. Um, so recently, I just bought my husband a pair of floafers. I don't know if if you oh I yeah I found them on Instagram and I think I followed them but oh. I've never bought them yeah so highly recommend so they are they're such a preppy must have in my opinion um they are like a classic loafer but a crock <laughs> so they are perfect like they have that foam material um they're super comfortable like for the beach and so I got him I got him and uh, my father in law a pair for Father's Day and they love them. So they're great. So I totally want a pair for myself. Um, but yeah, so they're a must check them out. They're really cool. And then I would say for me personally, I really have been loving, um, Duffield Lane. I've always kind of loved them. Um, but they are so cute. They have that mommy and me collection, which I have a one-year-old daughter. And so, um, I just, you know, my Christmas card to be truthful was a full on (laughs) family matching Lily Pulitzer moment. So, so Duffield Lynn's really speaking to my heart. (laughs) So I love it. I just think it's so cute and classic. And, um, that is definitely something, um, and then Dudley Stevens, because I'm sitting here in a Dudley Stevens right now. So, oh, definitely. (laughs) And Duffield Lane, their episode, I think is actually coming out right before this one. So if people haven't listened to it yet, then they can go and listen 
listen to that then too. They can. Wonderful. Yep. I love that. That's, That's awesome. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So my final two questions, can you tell people what's next for you guys? Like, is there something exciting you're working on that you can give like a little sneak peek or a new pattern, like any little tidbits? Yeah. Um, so I do think that 2020 is going to be a big year for us. I kind of, I mean, we have our collaboration with you, which has been like such a great, like I'm over the moon, such a great way to like <laughs> kick off the year. Um, and then our new spring and collection um, is coming out. So you're going to see some uh, very nautical focused options, but then also some kind of Palm Beachy cabana vibes, which okay. we are very excited about. Yeah. Um, and so we are also you know, doing our research and hoping to add some new different products, maybe something, I don't know, I'll say you could carry with you. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'll say okay. that. Um, and then we're also working on our YouTube channel, which is really fun. Oh, um, okay. Colin and I have like dabbled in, you know, recording different things. And we're like, you know what, let's bring this to Line and Clean. It's really fun. And then um, our monthly newsletter. So we do a monthly newsletter for our email subscribers called the, the Yacht Club. Uh And it is full of different, like each month there's a cocktail recipe or uh, style ideas, tastemakers that I love, um, things that are going on with the business. So we're definitely ramping that up in 2021. um, And that's a great kind of fun thing that you get once a month to your inbox. There's usually a little uh, perk, if you will, um, a fun deal that we have going on for email subscribers only, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sign up for that. Everyone listening. Yes. Okay, so my final question, um, where can people find you? Let them know your Instagram handle, your website address, anything like that. Yeah, so our Instagram handle is, and our Facebook handle, both of them are at Line and Cleat, so L-I-N-E-A-N-D-C-L-E-A-T. Um, or you can visit our website at lineandcleat.com, and that is um, where you can sign up for the monthly newsletter too. So if you are interested for that, you can check that out. Um, but we keep all of our social media pretty pretty simple. So it's all just at lining cleat. Um, but I am the woman behind the Instagram. So if anybody ever wants to DM us or have any questions or just chat and share your love for preppy style, um, I would love to meet you and I would love to talk with you. So, Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. This has been so fun. Thank you. This has been such a dream come true. And it's always so great to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to the preppy podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.